awesomeness. So we're back on. Well, and yes, can you hear me? I can hear you perfectly. Okay, great, great. We're in. So I just want to say thank you all that has tuned in today to Miss Kim McLeod VA Roll Talk. This is Miss Kim McLeod VA Roll Talk. Um, thank you for all my regulars um, that always listen. Um, props out to you all. You all are the real MVPs. I can't tell you how much that I really do appreciate you all and how much I love you all. It means so much uh, for you all to listen and to actually reach out to me by messages and even phone calls just telling me about what you have enjoyed throughout um, these episodes. Um, today is yet another special day. It's just like every day on my special on my podcast there's special days. But <laughs> this is yet another special day because I am here today with a very dear friend of mine. Um, I was just trying to do the to do the math. If I'm not mistaken, but I want to say like by the summer or this fall, it will be about 19 years of knowing my dear friend Lisa that's going to be on this podcast today sharing her testimony on the Apostolic Christian Conversion Experience series. Um, so, so yeah, I know she has a lot to share and I want to go ahead and allow her to introduce herself to you all. So go ahead, Lisa. Hello, everybody. My name's Lisa, and I'm from a small town in Elkton, Virginia. I have three wonderful kids, and I have been blessed by God in many, many ways through my life, and he's just been so good to me, and I hope and pray that it can help somebody out today. Oh, it will. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa, sound, she sound real, she sound real modest right now, but she got a lot. She got a lot to share, and... Um... She got a lot in the introduction. She gave y'all the little brief version. But you also you're also married, right? You yes. say you got three kids, but you're married too. So yes. I gotta put that out there. <laughs> I'm married to a wonderful man. He uh, we've been married um almost a total of um I was trying to think probably about five years now. Amen. So it's been wonderful and we um stay busy and um we're just wanting to be, you know, what we wanna do whatever God wants us to do. Amen. So God is wonderful. Yes. So we're going to, going to jump into it. Um, so for those of you that have been listening on um, with this series, I know some of you may <laughs> get a little annoyed about my introduction sometimes because some people, they listen to like every episode and my introductions are the same, but I have to do that for all my new people. Um, so... <laughs> For all my new people, say if this is your very first podcast you're listening to or the very first one part of this series, this series is called the Apostolic Christian Conversion Experience. So what I've been doing is I've been inviting um, people that I personally know, um, that I know that have experienced the power of God in their life Mm -hmm. through um, the acts experience in the bible so when i say apostolic i still refer to christianity i'm still a christian the people that's on here that's doing this interview with me on this series mm-hmm. we're still christians we don't we don't um eliminate ourselves from not being christians we consider ourselves christians but we also add the apostolic or pentecostal piece to this um because 
unfortunately in our society today, a lot of people will call themselves Christian, but they're not following the teachings that's actually in the Bible. So with mm-hmm. apostolics and Pentecostals, most that um, follow the teachings that's in the Bible um, to the best of our ability. So we believe in the Old Testament as well as we believe in the New Testament. Um, we believe when Jesus came that he was a fulfillment of the Old Testament, not saying that we put away from the Old Testament, not saying that we ignore the Old mm-hmm. Testament, but better say that Jesus was the fulfillment of that. So we follow both the Old and the New Testament, and we follow, of course, the, the epistles and what the apostles, the disciples preach and taught. Um, so when we say apostolic, that's what we mean. We're not saying that it's like, sometimes when we say apostolic, sometimes Lisa, I, I don't know you can witness this, but it seems like sometimes you're saying something out of space. Like, it's like so un- unknown to some people or communities, but it's still Christ- it's Christianity. We're just adding that piece just to remind people that we're just doing our best to follow what the Bible says. Yes. Exactly. Um, so starting out, Lisa. So really, okay, we have known each other for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Very um, long time. <laughs> <laughs> and I know pers- like, you know, us growing up as teenagers, you know, there's been times that we have been in the same um area, buildings or communities or homes when we've prayed and Witness people getting a Holy Ghost, witness people being baptized, um, been in, you know, many services together, hearing the preached word of God, fellowshipping together and things like that. Um, but you probably told me, um, but I may not remember fully, uh-huh. of course, but your full conversion testimony, I don't think I ever really heard it from the beginning to the ending. Um, and so today we're going to expound on that. And you're going to tell me, you're going to tell the people <laughs> about your personal apostolic conversion experience. So I have some questions for you. And of course, uh-huh. um, I may ask some additional questions within while we're talking. And I may put you on a spot, but it's not because I'm trying to embarrass you or um, make a point. It's just that you may say something that may um, that may be really interesting that I may want to know a little bit more about or knowing that audience may want to ask a secondary question to that. Um, If you don't have an answer for that right now, that's fine. We can always revisit it or just go on to the next question or whatnot. Oh, you're fine, Kim. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah, it's cool. So first and foremost, um, when was that first memory and or moment or moments that you knew there was a God? Well, I remember, um, I I was raised in church. You can still be raised in church, but still not fully comprehend everything until you mature, of course. Um, but I remember, um, it was an old country church and, we were in the middle of the service and there was people just in the spirit everywhere. And I just remember that the lady's name is sister Reedy. When the Holy ghost hit her, her husband wasn't in church. Um, and she had so much faith. Um, when the Holy ghost hit her, it would like slay her out in the spirit. And 
as kids, you know, you don't forget things like that. And, you know, when you're little, you kind of laugh and think, oh, this is funny. But then I started watching her more and I seen how much faith she had. And it's almost like when she praised God, you could feel, I mean, when you're little, you started to, when you can feel that it's kind of like, it's, it's hard to explain. But then my mom, when I was probably about six, seven years old, we, we read the Bible a lot together as a family. Um, it was, she was talking about the end days and, and I was like, well, mom, I don't want to, I don't want to go to the bad place. And I said, well, what do I got to do to get my life right? That I can go to heaven. I don't want to go to, I don't want to go to the bottomless pit. And so she started going through Acts two thirty eight with me. And as a kid, I was like, well, what I had to do to do this. And so I remember that night not being able to sleep because I was like, I, you know, I don't want to die lost. And I think for about three to four years, that's all I did was just keep praying that God would fill me with the Holy Ghost. And I could feel it. Like when people would be getting the Holy Ghost, I'm going to be honest with you. I got a little jealous. I was like, Lord, (laughs) get it. (laughs) And I could feel it. Like I could, and and the funny thing was, was after I got it, it was probably about, I mean, it took me a little while. I was about 10 years old. Um, The pastor's wife came up and said, by the way, you've been speaking in tongues for years now. It just took you claiming it. And I was like, you know, I got caught up in the realm of just I had to have it. I wasn't just, I felt like I just didn't take the time to just enjoy the presence of God like I needed. But, um, you know, and I still to this day, you know, I feel like I still have to mature. Like I still, all of us have to grow in the Holy Ghost. And it's not just like, even though I got the Holy Ghost then, we still have to experience it continually. And, you know, even throughout my adulthood, there has been, you know, I just, we just got to constantly have that yearning to have that desire more and more. Right. Right. So at this, now I see, I didn't know that. I don't remember ever taught me knowing, knowing that part, what you just shared. Mm-hmm. So when you personally claimed it, when you was 10, mm-hmm. what do you remember about that experience? I remember feeling like I was on, I know this sounds crazy. I felt like I was on cloud nine because mm-hmm. I felt like all of like the things that I had been worrying about was gone. Hurt, pain. It was like, almost like it was just me and God. Like, I know that sounds weird, but it's like, I felt like I was floating. Like when it hit me <laughs> and I, I just felt like God was just giving me so much peace and understanding at that point. And it was wonderful. Right, right. And so with that being said, if you could, since you grew grew up church, so you've been in church since you was a child. Mm -hmm. Um, If you could, if you could kind of tell us your experience as a child in church, what are some things that you remember, some of the teachings that was taught to you or how that, how was church life for you as a child? Um, Church life was for me as a child was, um, my mom was the, the, the one that, you know, was training us. And then when we went to church, it was, I mean, I'm trying to find the words to use. It's okay. Um, as a child, it was like, I grasped some things, but I still didn't grasp everything to the fullest extent until I got older. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to put words. Oh, it's fine. But I, I do know that all I wanted to do was stay constantly in his presence because I, 
growing up in my home, um, there was a time where my dad wasn't really fully in church. And I remember that when he wasn't really in church and, and he, he will admit to this too, when he wasn't really in church, our home was not peaceful. And so the one place that I could depend on for that peace and was, was church, was going to church and even in my home life, you know, praying and reaching out to God and just asking God to heal and to help me because I didn't, you know, when you're a kid, you don't always understand everything. And sometimes that's all that me and my little brother could do was just pray. And, you know, the, the more I got, and I'm going to be honest with you, it being in that situation, it didn't take me away from God. It made me want God more Mm. because that's all I had. Right. When you got so much negative, sometimes God, God is the positive. I mean, he's and honestly, when my dad came back to where he needed to be and received the Holy Ghost evidence of speaking in tongues and he got rebaptized because, you know, he kind of backslid and that's when everything was down here for years. Um, that's when everything took a huge turn. And I was probably about 12 years old at that time. Okay. So what kind of happened then when he was 12? Well, when I was 12, I, my dad started sitting down to read the Bible with us, praying with us. And it wasn't just a mom thing then. And I just remember thinking, this is what I had been praying for all those years. And it was a wonderful thing. And people can't tell me that the Holy Ghost isn't real because I've seen it work in people's lives. I've seen it changed it, change their lives. Um, it's a wonderful thing. Amen. So when it, so you want to tell us about the journey with you or your story on when you was baptized in Jesus name? Mm-hmm. Oh, when I was that the story about when I was baptized in Jesus name. Um, yeah. So what was the steps leading up to that? Like, what uh, did you understand or didn't understand or what happened with that, that well, season? Well, I, um, I have never been able to swim, which is sad, but I go to the beach all the time and get in pools. But, um, I, never, <laughs> I knew that accord, I did understand that completely that according to X 38, you know, my mom had, you know, talked to me you know, about that. And that's what took, you know, to, you know, be saved a part of, you know, according to Acts 230, of course, it's a personal growth too, as well. But, um, um, being baptized, which is, you know, being fully submersed under water. Um, my mom, when she was reviewing that, I was like, because I couldn't swim. Um, there was a little fear in me about that. (laughs) I'm not gonna lie. And so, um, I was about nine years old when I got baptized. And okay. It was in a pond and I, um, I was really, really excited. And then, um, I, I, I'm, I'm be honest with you, you know, Satan likes to play with your mind. But anyways, as we were going down the water, I just remember it being cold and I felt the seaweed and then I got paranoid because I, I didn't know how to swim <laughs> 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 or whatever algae, whatever it is at the bottom of the pond. <laughs> it was going through my feet and I was just like, what? <laughs> But um, I went down there and um, it was um, my cousin, brother, Randy. And then that was the pastor of our church at the time. And my uh, cousin, brother, junior, they were the ones baptizing me. Um, And I just remember when they got down there, brother Randy said, he looked at me, he said, this is going to be an awesome thing. And I said, yes. And I got a little scared and, you know, Satan likes to play with your mind being young and everything and, 
and you know as you grow into adulthood you know that God's always with you on that stuff but anyways I lifted my hand up so I had to go back down under a second time to have my body fully submersed but Mm -hmm. it was wonderful I came back up and I felt different I don't know how to explain it I felt Mm -hmm. and then that that fear went away Amen. Amen. So once then, so you, so now you've been baptized in Jesus' name. You've been filled with the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. So now, because at that time when that happened to you, I didn't know you then. No, um, I didn't. right. It was right after so, I met you. Got it. So, if you can kind of share, I guess, on that transition from. So after you've been already been baptized and you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, like some things that's been ha- that was happening during that time and how you was able to transition to where we was going to church, I guess. Well, um, uh, for, you know, being filled with the Holy Ghost and get baptized and all that, I just wanted to read my Bible grow more because, you know, we have to be baptized. We have to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And it says it's for them that it's for everybody and for all those afar off. And that's, you know, stated in Acts 2, 3, if you keep reading down below that it tells you it's for everybody. But um, the Bible even is firm that we still have to have a spiritual growth. And, and so when I was young, when I was in my teenage years, I just remember all I wanted to do was read my Bible. All I wanted to do is read my Bible. And I just felt like if I didn't, I felt like my, life is off kilter or just not quite what it needs to be every day. And, um, and then when I was probably about, I'm trying to think, we came to the church right around September the 11th. And the only that's the only way I can remember it. When I met you all, you and everybody at the church. Um, and what had happened was we had went to a family church. Sometimes family churches, they, um, they're not bad, but sometimes they are stunted because it's a family. They, they're not as big on, you know, outreach and reaching souls. So my parents were wanting to be in a church that wanted to reach, you know, for the loss, not saying that, you know, bad towards them. It's just family sometimes is just a whole nother realm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So when we came to your house church, um, cause you were there before me, um, at, it was, um, it was a whole different experience. We walked in the door and everybody was friendly. And I remember thinking, I wonder if they believe the same way that we do. That was the first thing that came through our head, through my head anyways. I don't know about my parents, but I know it did mine. I don't know about my siblings, but I was like, I hope they do. And I was like, I hope I make a good friend. And you're like the first person that came up and talked to me. And um, I just remember when you talked to me, I could feel an anointing on you. Like you were bubbly, you were laughing, but you were passionate about God. And you were always up at the altar and God was always like using you greatly. It was wonderful. And all my questions, you know, just being around the church and everything like that, the church was exactly what we needed. Amen. Come on, somebody. So with the, with your experience, 
during, during this time. So we're still in like the teen years time, time frame. What are some things that helped you stay grounded as a teenager? Um, as a teenager, it was just kids these days. I had, and one of the things was I had parents that, my, like I said, my dad was in church, in church at that time. I had parents that didn't just go to church. They didn't, and, and it, how it helped me was I had parents that were a part, I'm trying to put it in the right words. Um, they were a part of my life in the spiritual part. And so they weren't just, a church wasn't just a religion to them. It was a relationship with God. And they wanted to display that to us kids. They didn't have, they're not perfect people. My parents, you know, they, they're human like the rest of us. But they kept instilling that the only way is through God. And you, you got to stay constantly in his word, constantly praying, constantly. You can't just be faithful sporadically. You got to be consistent. And, and then they kept on, you know, keeping me involved as a teenager with the youth. And, and it seems like these days that's kind of on the back burner and so not every place, but you know, all these kids, I'm, you know, just sit there and think they just got to keep getting involved, getting involved instead of, you know, sometimes it's so easy to get focused on like sports and all this and all that. My parents didn't let me do that stuff because they wanted me to stay, not that it's bad, but they wanted me to have my mind on God and not on other things that can distract me. So I didn't, they didn't really let me play sports for that one reason, because it they had seen it with my other siblings that they that had played sports, that it had become a distraction. And so luckily my parents, you know, kind of helped me through guiding me. And I'm thankful that they did. And, right, right. and a lot of people think that that's being overprotective and it's going to push their kids away. But it, it didn't me. I mean, yeah, sometimes I was like, well, I wish they would. But, you know, knowing what I know now, I'm glad that they kept instilling like they did the walk of God right. they did in my life. Yeah. And I love your parents. Like even to this day, like I said, it's been, I want to say it's been about 19 years mm-hmm. since I've known you all. And to this day, to this day, when I, I know we're just actually, cause for those of you who do not know, I, I, I live in the Hampton Rose area, the Chesapeake, Virginia beach, Norfolk area. And Lisa, of course you're in the Elton area. You go, go to church in Harrisonburg, Virginia. So that's about mm-hmm. about a four-hour drive, about three and a half, four-hour drive apart from each other. Mm-hmm. And so the the few times I've been able to come back and visit, um, even when I was there before I moved and when I do come back and visit at times or when I come for camp meetings and things like that, your parents have always been the same yeah they're one of those people they really are they're one of those families or parents that ne- like this constant just constant like they're always kind they're always nice they're always gentle they're always friendly mm-hmm. like you could you could feel the love of god from them like you can legit like you know i always went out every time i see them hug them like I can feel the love and God from them. Like they, I feel like they really do have an understanding what it means to love people. 
Yeah, for sure. And it's always been constant. Like, of course, you, you know, you've seen your parents, you've lived with your parents, you know your parents, of course, way more than I know your parents. But from what I've experienced um, as just, an, you know, another saint, the Lord as a young person, as a young adult, um, it's just, I've just always noticed, even watching them, how they interact with other people mm-hmm. in the church, it's like, they've treat is like the way they treat me they treat everyone else yeah I, what i've experienced and seen and even the times that i've been to your to your parents home um and whatnot it's like the same they whatever they've done or said to do in church i've experienced them doing the same in their home like yeah. just constant just constant and that's a huge the hearing that from you is really encouraging i'm thankful that you're sharing this and i'm thankful i'm having you on um, because unfortunately, there's a lot of homes um, that even people that we've known is growing up because we have different stories when it comes to the households. But unfortunately, um, a lot of young people, a lot of children and teenagers, they're in homes where their parents are not living for God or they're going to church, but they live in a different way. So they're, you know, they're going to church, but they're living a secular lifestyle in the home. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then, unfortunately, some parents are not really involved in their children's lives, spiritually or secular. So mm-hmm. children just kind of do their own thing, you know. And so um, hearing that your parents, you know, read the Bible to you all, you all did Bible studies. And this is a true fact for you all, because I've never times coming over to your place yeah. and y'all have Bible studies and devotions. Um and that obviously when you have a mother and father that's active, it shows a, it's a huge impact for a family. Now, when we grow up, you know, we make our own decisions or whatnot, but it makes a huge impact on a child when both parents are grounded and mm-hmm. teaching their, so they're not, because your parents didn't depend, see the thing that I love about your parents, they didn't depend on, the Sunday school team to teach their kids mm-hmm. about God. They did that in the home. Yeah. And nowadays, unfortunately, when children come to church, that's the only thing they hear about God. That's the only time they hear about God. Mm-hmm. That's the only outlet that they're able to be in the presence of God, unfortunately. Um, and so hearing that, just word in mind, I think this is a good reminder for any young person that's listening right now. Um, if you're in a situation like my sister Lisa, that your parents are are disciplining you, they're giving you good instruction, and they're trying their best to guide you through the word of God. And you may feel you may feel a little resentment or jealousy because you feel like you can't necessarily do everything that you would like to do or want to do with your school or the community. And what they've done is they put God as a priority in the household. Mm-hmm. If we could just remind you, like the people, you know, someone that's listening in on this, like be thankful, be thankful because later on in life, you're going to, you're going to look back and be like, I'm so thankful that my parents kept me in church. And you know, tomorrow is not promised. And the fact that God is just not taking the old people are passing away. He's taking children, teenagers, young adults, mm-hmm. middle-aged people, old people, 
every day someone yeah. is passing away. And so we don't like if the Lord has given you good parents and you're not saying we, we don't have a choice on what family we've been bo- we're born into, mm-hmm. but be thankful. I just want to tell every young person right now, like be thankful that you're in a home that your mother and your father is doing their best to raise you up based upon Christian principles. Mm-hmm. Like it's going to like, if you listen and you be obedient, it's going to save you. And it's going to honestly, mm-hmm. it's going to save you a lot of heartache. It's going to save you a lot of pain. It's going to save you a lot of regrets. Like just listen, you know what I'm saying? Just be encouraged. Like listening from us. Like we're, we're, we're in our thirties. We we're experienced the teenage life. We're experienced the twenties. We got more to experience, but I'm just saying, like, Lisa just told you all, like, her experience, the impact that it had on her with both parents in the home, fall, you know, walking with God. It makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm going to go ahead. And then my mom, I, you know, when I was little, I just remember. I could, when she, she would burn them and I, oh, you hear that song that Phillips Craig and Dean sing. Well, every time that song plays, it really pricks me just for the fact that my mom would do that. And even when my dad wasn't living right, she would still do that. And, you know, God is faithful. And, you know, I was like, I need to, you know, when, when, even as I've gotten older, I'm like, I need to apply this into my children's life because I mean, just praying in front of them in general, because they need, kids need to see that relationship. They need to see their parents having a relationship with God. And right. Not just at church on Sundays or Wednesdays or whenever they go, you know. Amen. That's the truth. So, is there, so during this time period and even part of your apostolic walk, um, you've mentioned your parents um, of course, we, you already mentioned that, of course, we, we were really good friends back then, too. But is there anyone else that you could think of that you feel like that really influenced your apostolic journey um, through your teen years, even going through your young adult years? Um, there is two ladies out, I mean, outside, you know, having you as my friend and we would like pray together and stuff like that. It was, um, that would be my, um, my cousin's wife, um, who was my previous pastors. Um, she, I always took what she said this one time to me when I was probably about seven years old and I always, you know, pastors, and their wives, they're human like the rest of us. But she said something one time to me that pricked my heart. And I was, like I said, I was seven years old. And I've, even now I talk about it with my daughter because she's at the age of comprehending, sing, comprehending things. Um, she said to me, she said, Lisa. And one day I remember I was in the Sunday school classroom and she handed me a mustard seed and she put it in my hand and she said, the faith, the grain of a mustard seed can move many mountains. And, you know, when she did that, it, it's just, she said, you just got to put faith in God and trust in him in all things. And that has just stuck with me. So in my highs and lows, I just realized I got to always trust in him, stay faithful to him and, you know, 
keep believing in God, trusting in him and keeping the Holy Ghost alive in myself, even when things get rough. And then, right. And then on top of it was my pastor's wife. Now, Cindy, sister polling, um, when I was going through my teenage years and there was times I needed somebody to talk to, she was there and I know she was praying for me. I know pastor polling was praying for me and I know it pulled me through a lot. I mean, I, you know, in my twenties, I kind of hit a rebellious phase. Um, by the grace of God, I was pulled back in, but, um, I know prayer works. I know God is real and he is faithful. Yes. Yes. Most definitely. And, and it's funny when you, when you mentioned, um, sister, uh, Poland, um, our home pastor's first first lady. Mm-hmm. It, it just made me kind of chuckle a little bit because you were saying like every time you needed someone to talk to you, you was able to talk to her too. And I was like, man, they must have had a clone because I feel like they talked to everybody for like hours and <laughs> days. <laughs> me included. I'm like, yeah, because I used to do that too. I used to talk to them all the time. I'm like, how did at least I have time to talk to them because I talk to them all the time. <laughs> I remember I sometimes talk to her late at night. It's like, poor thing. <laughs> but I'm thankful for people like them and that, you know, that yes. faithful to God's kingdom like they are because they're, they're helping souls reach God the way they need to. And, you know, I just want to apply that to my life that I can reach. I hope and pray that I can reach someone else and help them to reach God the way they Right, right. So now as an adult, um, you don't have to share your age, but as an adult now, <laughs> <laughs> um, what are some things you would tell someone to say if there's someone on this that's listening to us, listening to this episode, and they're kind of at a place where they don't even know where to start with God? Um, what are some things you could tell them and even some practical things you could let them know on how to start a relationship with God? Well, the best way is to, if you don't have a good comprehending of things and you're, you're skeptical of it is to start praying, not just once in a blue moon, but praying several times throughout the day. Cause I'm telling you what God can open up your eyes through prayer. You, when you pray, it just takes you to another place. It really does. It, it's just, it will help you to see what you cannot see. Um, and just start reading your Bible. You know, if you have questions, you know, you know, ask, a, ask somebody that you know is trustworthy in knowing the truth. And when I say trustworthy, they, they, absolute. <laughs> absolute. Um, because this world we live in today is deceived and they can get us all twisted up and you've got to know somebody that's rooted and grounded in Christ that you can go to and talk to about these questions. Ask them for a Bible study. I'm going to be honest with you. I still, even at 34, I still like to do a Bible study because even though I've read the Bible a lot, I still don't know everything about it and I can still open it up and then I'll see something I've read before, but it didn't hit me the way that it did before. And, you know, 
And if you don't have a comprehension of the word, pull out a Strong's Concordance. Because sometimes you'll read a word and you don't understand it. And if you just think, oh, well, I can just move on. It does, it's not nothing big. You don't know if it did mean something big. Pull out that Strong's Concordance, concordance and look up what it means. And, and it's neat, but sometimes we don't see everything the way God meant it to come across. But I think that always, it's always best that if you have any doubts or concerns that you always take it up with a rooted and grounded individual that is apostolic. I'm more specifically, you know, if it's not your pastor, somebody that your pastor tries to talk to, that would be good with the Bible study. I think Bible studies are just the way to go if you're, if you're confused about something, but the Bible is very firm in Acts 2.38. We all repent, be baptized, and be filled with the Holy Ghost. It says it's to, for, the, for everyone that is afar off. So that doesn't mean just my brother or my sister. It means me too. It means my neighbor too. It means those I'm not related to. And I think that's like one of the things that if you read the Bible, it will tune you in more clearly and you'll be able to see things. Amen. I agree. Amen. And leading up to that site, this like sort of like a part two of that question. Um, and I know we've, talked offline about this as well Mm -hmm. um there's people that we know that have a love for god um they have a hunger and thirst for god Mm -hmm. uh, but unfortunately um they've been they've been taught in certain ways that's not necessarily fully 100 percent from the bible and um and so but they come to a place where they're kind of like talking to us or talking to other people or they may visit a church and there's new questions that may arise and say if there's someone that's listening today and that they're, they're kind of struggling on some of the steps of salvation. Now, I will say this. I need to put this disclaimer out, too. I know I'm doing this series on the apostolic Christian conversion experience. I do want to say this and acknowledge this as well. This is... This is a foundation that I'm trying to share and allow other people to share their testimonies, um, to shed more light on what the Bible says and what people actually experience. But also, once you follow these steps, it do, it's not over. Hmm. We still have to, we still have, like you said, Lisa, we still have to pray. We still have to develop a constant, consistent prayer life. We still have to find not find time, but we still have to make time mm-hmm. and initiate the efforts of fasting. We still have to do our best to follow the commandments, um, you know, follow Christian principles, um, go to church. And when people say, you know, church is not necessary. Well, this, this is the thing. When you go back, this, I'm just a little taking a little insert here, <laughs> a little, little commercial here. <laughs> when we go back to the epistles, when the early church started. When we say about the early church, this is after um, the Holy Ghost have always fallen. So people are receiving the Holy Ghost, being baptized in Jesus' name. And so there's there's Bible studies going on. There's fellowships going on. People are going in and out of the temples. People are going to home to home. Um, and so with that, you've noticed when even when you read another epistle, read in the different epistles, even Revelations, it states different names of churches. And so normally they, it's like the name of 
like the area or the cities most likely. And so um, I believe, and also there's a scripture, I don't have it with me because I wasn't planning on sharing this, but there's also a scripture in the epistles that talks about when you notice the day of the Lord is coming, you know, for us to gather um, even more so mm-hmm. together. And so I do believe that um, there's a church body that we should be connected with because at the end of the day, yes, we are the church. Yeah. You know, we are the temple of the living God, you know. Um, we can have church any day. Mm-hmm. You know, we're having church right now for those who don't even understand, you know, may not fully understand that, but we could have church Monday through Sunday. Yeah. Um, you know, God wants, that's one of the purposes of him, come, Jesus coming for us to be able to have communion with him uh, that he could dwell within us. That's why he wants us to have the Holy Ghost so that we don't have to depend on like, like they did in the Old Testament, that they had to go to the temple and they had to do a whole bunch of sacrifices and things like that. Jesus was the fulfillment of that. Mm-hmm. So eliminating that we don't have to go to church, like we still need a local body and assembly to be a part of. Amen. Um, that, that's scriptural. Um, and so I say all that say that I don't want anyone to get the wrong idea, idea or be misled and say, oh, well, you know, Ms. Kim or Sister Kim say, oh, all you have to do is these three steps and I'm good, I'm in. No, that, that's, the, that's the start of it. That's, you're in the right direction. You know what I'm saying? You're on the right road to getting to where God wants you to go next. Mm-hmm. Um, Amen. So you still have to do those things as well. And, you know, not saying once this happens, we're not, you know, promising you that this all is going to be easy. Because Lisa and I, we've both, you know, had to walk this walk on our own mm-hmm. when we're not with our parents, when yep. we're not all in the church body, you know. So we just want to sit here and encourage you. Like, these are the some of the beginning steps mm-hmm. that will help with your walk with God. And with you having, um, with you having the Holy Ghost, it's going to help lead and guide you when you do get into some situations or temptations or um, questions and stuff, the Holy Ghost will help you. And when you're in a local body, a local church, you have people that you could be accountable to and um, help you and pray with you and things of that nature. Like, we cannot be an island on our own and think that we're going to make it. Um, so this whole, I, you know, unfortunately, I, I, I won't say I hate, <laughs> but I just kind of like dislike the idea when we say, oh, church is not, church is not necessary. It's a building. I do mm-hmm. understand that it's a building. The building yeah. doesn't make the church. It's the people yeah. that makes the church because we are the church. Yeah. But we still need, you know, we still need the people of God. Amen. If that's not the case, why would Jesus pick 12 people? Mm-hmm. Why would Jesus pick 12 disciples on top of having, you know, other people follow him? If he didn't need, you know, if he didn't want us to have a church, why would he choose 120 people before the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost? So, you know, it's, it's a lot of, that's what I'm saying. So this is why we can't share all of this on this podcast, but we're just saying these are just some beginning steps to get you in that mm-hmm. direction. Um, you know, with having that constant, consistent relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not, this is not the end all be all. Like you need, and we need to be baptized in Jesus' name because we need his blood applied in our lives. We need our sins washed away. Amen. So, 
this is this is necessary. And what we're saying is in the word. But I, I just want to kind of share that with with everyone that's listening um, as well. So I say that to say to kind of bring in this question as well about, you know, someone that may be kind of um, kind of struggling on the steps. So say if there's someone that's struggling on the the concept of being baptized in Jesus name, because we know there's several people that, that we know that's been mm-hmm. baptized. They wasn't baptized in Jesus name. There's people that's been baptized in the father, son, and the Holy ghost, but it wasn't in Jesus name. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people who was baptized as a baby, mm-hmm. they feel like it's not necessary for them to be baptized again. because he was already baptized. Um, so I'm not saying like your, your relationship I've, is very important. Like it's, and I don't discount that. And I don't mean that in any way, but was it, I will ask the question is, was it done based upon the Bible? What does the Bible have to say? Um, and so for you, Lisa, like for you, for your perspective, what you would share on this podcast for someone that may be struggling with getting rebaptized or being baptized for the first time in Jesus name, or um, someone that's kind of dealing with, is, Ho- is the Holy Ghost even necessary? Or do I need the Holy Ghost? How do I know I have the Holy Ghost? What would you tell someone with pursuing the steps of salvation? Um, that, that's a very good question. So I've actually had this conversation at work with my employer and my coworkers. And it, it's, a, it's a fun conversation for me because people sometimes they just don't understand and I've been there before but the Bible's very firm that number one we have to repent well what is repentance repentance doesn't mean like you know some people believe that you can say I'm sorry but you can go back out and do the same thing over again no that's not how God intended God knows that we are sinful flesh but he wants us to learn and grow that's just a part of what we're supposed to do for him um because and it's a choice. He only gives us a choice. He ain't going to make us do nothing. He's not going to sit there and do it unless you want that. But he loves you and he wants the best for you. Um, but we got to repent. It, it, the Bible's very firm that that's necessary. It's like if you get up and let's say you got, I'm going to use something very bizarre here. You go out and you smack somebody upside in the head. Now, that wasn't very Christianly of you. Um, and I'm using, it's very bizarre. Like I said, I'm just trying to find something randomly. It's still sinful because it's anger, it's rage. It's not of God. Um, you got to repent and not do that no more. Um, just like using drugs, you know, you got to turn away from that, you know, God, because it's altering your mind frame. Um, and then, you know, being baptized, you know, well, a lot of people think that sprinkling, you know, when they're babies or dunking them as babies, you know, that God left it to us to be a choice. When you're a baby, you don't comprehend and it's not a choice. And what baptism is, it's a symbol of having all your sins washed away. Um, and we have to have that and we have to have it done in Jesus name. It's like writing a check. If I go to write a check to somebody for my electrical bill and I sign mother, they can't cash that check. They're going to come back to me. They're going to be upset with me. If I sign daughter, cause I'm, Hey, I'm a daughter. They, it, it won't be cashed. 
And if I sign aunt, because I'm an aunt, it's not going to be signed. I have to sign my name. My name is Lisa Dorsey. And so that is like one of the things that I think that people are just so getting hung up on. God wrapped himself in flesh, came down here to earth so that we Gentiles and every person can have a chance to make it to heaven. He gave it to a choice. He wants to choose to do the right thing. So people, I think, just get really confused. He, he wrapped himself in flesh and came down to earth. He was a son of man. Um, and there's not three, there's one. Um, and that his name's Jesus. Now he's, he was a father. Yes. And he is, I mean, but he's one person. There's not three. Um, and then it's a necessity, necessity that we seal our baptism with his name. We have to. And then of course, being filled with the Holy Ghost, the Bible is very plain and clear that it's speaking in tongues. And I don't know about you, Kim, but I like to view it as a gas tank. You can have the Holy Ghost evidence of speaking in tongues, but it's just like filling your car up with gas. If it gets close, you can't go years and years without going back to that. So that means you got to have a constant prayer life. And when you do that, it, it's a conversation between you and God that the devil cannot understand. And that's, what God wants. It's a relationship between like me and God. When I'm speaking in tongues, it's a relationship between me and him that I'm communicating with God that Satan cannot understand. And, and and there's of course different kinds of tongues, but that's God wants us to communicate with him. It's a way of communication and it's a necessity. Amen. You said that so beautifully. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I hope someone gets saved by what you said. I really do. Because you said that so beautifully. Like, this is out of love. Like, and we just want people to experience what we experience. Like, Lisa and I, we, we've had some really great, awesome Holy Ghost experiences growing up in our teen years, as well as our young adult years. And the things that we don't have the time to talk about this, but you know, in future uh, podcasts, maybe I'll, maybe Lisa, you'll you'll agree to come back on. And we'll talk about some other things, but you know, there's things that we experience um, growing up that you can't tell us God's not real. Amen. You can't tell us that was not the Holy Ghost. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you God used us in so many different ways that, like, I look back now, I'm like, how did we do that? Like, mm-hmm. you know, how like, how did God give us that knowledge to teach those Bible studies or teach those sermons or, like, sing those songs or pray for people? And it's just so many experiences that we that we seen and had that we, we saw with our, our physical eyes and, you know, our physical ears. And, you know, it's just... <laughs> We cannot deny those experiences. Um, and so just know, like, this is, I hope I hope you all know, and I hope you all felt it and sensed it, because I personally felt it and sensed it, that what Lisa has shared with you all is coming from a state of love. And she don't even know you, but I feel like she's speaking to two people that she don't even know, but she loves you. And I, I 
I really do sense that. Um, so closing up because we're kind of out of time for today. Um, but I just want to, of course, once again, just encourage you all. I just want to thank you for listening, taking the time out of your day to listen to this episode. Um, if this episode has encouraged you, inspired you, or you have someone that you feel like could benefit from this, you know, share it with them. Um, don't, you know, don't annoy them, <laughs> you know, with it or, you know, you try to force the message down their throat. But, you know, share it on your social media, you know, do it in direct ways or text message or emails or whatever have you. I really encourage you all to share this. And, um, you know, I just want to remind, as Lisa was sharing that, I just want to remind everybody that Jesus really does love you, um, whoever's listening. And I don't, I'm not sure how much I've shared with you, Lisa, but I honestly, I never know who will all really listen to my podcast. I have a few people that I know that listen to most of them. Um, but ultimately, I have no idea who's all listening. This podcast, honestly, has been all over the world already. Um, as I check my analytics, um, it's over in you know, North America, Canada, South America, um, South Africa. Um, we're in Europe. Um, so even I think we're also in like New Zealand too. So I don't know who's all listening, but I could say to you, doesn't matter where you are, doesn't matter what background you're from, doesn't matter what family you've been in or been born into. Um, it doesn't matter what mistakes or things that you've done. Jesus loves you. And the fact that you're listening to this and say if you've had some questions that's been answered, um, that's God, that's God's way of reaching you and telling you that he loves you. And you can't you you're not able to deny that um, God is doing his best to reach all of us before he comes because he's coming back. Yeah. for sure. And talking to myself, there's a sense of urgency that I must have that I must grasp as well. And knowing that, okay, I have these steps, but I also have to continue on with the other steps that God is required for me to do. So I really hope that you all have grasped onto this. Um, if there's things that you may have missed, go back and listen to it uh, for sure. So I want to thank you again for Lisa, Lisa for coming on board with me today and sharing <laughs> your beautiful testimony. <laughs> thank you, Kim. You are welcome. <laughs> so any last final thoughts, any final thoughts you want to add before we close up? Um, just for that are raised in church and don't, I'm trying to find the right words. Stay faithful to God. Always. Always stay faithful to God. It's not worth it to to not serve God. It's just you pay for it later on. Stay faithful. Keep serving him. Keep seeking that Holy Ghost constantly. Amen. I agree 100%. Well, I love you, Lisa. I and love you guys. <laughs> I love you guys. I love you, Cam. <laughs> you can love them too. I already know you love them, but yeah. you can love me too. <laughs> well, you have a good day and I hope everybody else does. God bless God bless you, Kim. Thank you, you so You're welcome. I Thanks love you. Me. Love you too, Kim. And God bless you, everybody.
Amen. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, family, friends. So you just listened to the Apostolic Christian Conversion Experience with my dear friend, Lisa Dorsey, of about 19 years. Um, Like we said before in the episode, uh, we met each other in Harrisonburg, Virginia, um, I believe it was I believe it was 2001. It was the ending of summer of 2001 when we first met. And um, when we first met, we may have had about um, 30, probably about 30 people, 20 or 30 people um, in our church. Um, we come from a small storefront church when, when um, we first met. And um, I was just reminded as well to let um, you all know that's listening that you may come from a storefront church. You may come from a smaller church. Um, As I share my testimony one of these days, um, I started when I started, it was only about 12 or so. And but that did not um, hinder the work of God that did not hinder the presence of God that did not hinder the prayer of the saints. Um, from that small church, we we learned to pray, and we learned to praise and worship. And so I'm just so thankful for the ministry and the testimony of Lisa Dorsey of sharing her background, sharing her upbringing. Um, just a reminder for all of you that has been brought up in the apostolic faith, brought up in the Christian faith, just know that um, you were very, very blessed um, that the Lord has covered you and the Lord has saved you from a lot of things of this world. So um, I know this episode has brought some value and inspiration to encouragement to you. So what I would like for you to do, feel free to go ahead and share this episode on your social media platforms. That could be either Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, um, whatever social media outlets you have, email it. Um, to people, send a text message out to people, um, get this podcast out because I believe it can also bless many more people. Also, too, if you have not already um, realized or been aware of this podcast is set up um, for donations from my listener supporters to continue um, this work, to share um, testimonies like this, as well as um, things of other things of course, that I share on here, like mental health um, and just talking about life, of course. So what I would like for you to do, if you have not already, go ahead and click the donate link. You have three options. Um, you can donate by $0.99 cent a month, $4.99 a month, or $9.99 a month. And that will go towards this podcast as well as continue to growing this podcast I'm attempting to get this podcast to other outlets at the moment. I'm on about, I would say I'm on about at least 10 um, podcast platforms, but there's so many more out there that I would like to get on. Like, for example, Pandora and XM Radio um, are the two that I really would like to get on. Um, Of course, there's other uh, podcast platforms out there as well but we're trying to get this message out and just be an encouragement to all the people all right you all you all be blessed and thank you so much for listening and supporting and sharing this podcast bye until next time